And uh, welcome everybody to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We've reached episode number 28 of season two. And today we have a special guest here with us, Carolyn Molnar. She is a psychic medium. And uh, she's going to talk to us today a little bit about her journey through mediumship and how she developed and uh, what she does day to day as a medium. So first of all, thank you very much for joining us, Carolyn. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem at all. It's an honor to have you here on the Haunting Life podcast this week. Um, so you're basically a psychic medium. Um, did you get that title yourself or was that something that you worked into? Is it just mediumship that you worked on or how did that all start? Well, I will say this, Trevor, I earned it. Um, I had 20 years of uh, teaching through my mentor, Sadie, and um, she was a spiritualist minister so she taught me psychic work as well as um, uh, being a medium, which are two very separate things for me. Psychic is the here and now, my love life, my finances, what's my health like, am I moving? Whereas mediumship is only talking to dead people. So I, with a very strong uh, foundation of psychic work and training, I then morphed into mediumship. And that's what I do with my students too. They have to have a very... Um, strong psychic uh, connection um, with their spirit guides before I'll like them to open up to the spirit world, completely different energy. And what sort of led you into wanting to learn more about the mediumship world? What did you have something happen in the past when you were growing up that led you down that path or what, well, what started the journey for you? Well, it's in the family. Uh, so there, that's one story, but the, the story that got me into it is I had a very negative experience with another uh, psychic medium who worked uh, alongside the, with the police. So she was very well known and very well respected in the community. Well, she gave me a message that just scared me so much that I called my father and I said, dad, this is what's happened. Help me. And he says, oh, I'll take you to my psychic. And I went, my psychic, you have a psychic? And he goes, yes, her name's Sadie. And that's the whole thing just started from there. And uh, we, I trained mostly over the phone with her for a long time because I was in Cape Breton and she was in Welland, Ontario. And uh, after the 20 years, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I was working as an office administrator, as a secretary to vice presidents and stuff like that, very organized, very left-brained. And all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. Um, no more job because of the, um, you know, it was the uh, time when oh, I can't even think of the word, but there, you know, there were just no more jobs to be had. And I was extra. So the only thing I could do was read for people because I'd been doing it for that many years, but it was just practice. 
And I, I launched that way. I launched kicking and screaming and all this stuff. So, yeah, but it does run in my family. And uh, I had it naturally. Was it a natural development for you then as well? Like, was there any um, gifts that you found out that you had through childhood? Or was there one particular experience that made you wake up and say, well, I can talk to dead people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know what I put in my, uh, my contract before I got here, but I never saw dead people when I was young. However, I was sick with the cold and I was eight years old. And my mother said, get upstairs and go to bed. I don't want to get upstairs. So anyways, I went upstairs, I laid down, I put my hands over my chest and said, just take me now. I'm so sick, right? Stuffy head, fever, whatever. Anyways, I closed my eyes and the door to my bedroom opened and shut with a click 12 times. And when I had closed my eyes, I saw these pillars of light all the way around my bed. And then I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was well. So I guess they still wanted me to stay here. That was my very first experience that I can remember. Although my mother used to ask me, you know, what do you get on this, Carolyn? What do you get on that? Because it's a family that understood all this kind of stuff and very supportive. And I would tell her things and she'd go, oh, come on, no. And I'd say, if you don't want to know, don't ask. And I was five years old. So I was, I was in it since birth, pretty much. Yeah. And both my mom and my dad um, were exposed to it. As I said, my father... Um, he introduced me to my mentor and my mother's parents, my grandparents used to have seances in their living room, sorry, their dining room with the same medium as Prime Minister Mackenzie King. And I also had a picture of them at Lilydale. They used to go to Lilydale every year when the season was on. So it was a very open, accepting family. And I think that's why I chose them to be born into the family. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you had um, a gift passed on to you from probably your parents and maybe even your grandparents as well. If both of your parents were into it, I'm sure it was further down the line than you might know. Um, yes. Did you hear any stories from your parents? Did they ever tell you things that they've had happen to them while they grew up? And not so much my father. He was very close to the vest, didn't speak much about it. And the fact that he even had a, a psychic for, for a, an advisor really surprised me. But my mom, uh, she... She couldn't be in these um, seances because she was only 16 and her parents did not want her to be there. And they were, she was in the room uh, to this, on the side of the, the uh, her bedroom was to the side of the dining room. So she would hear these bumps and knocks and bangs and carrying on and all this stuff. And her biggest complaint was she had to clean the ectoplasm off the, the seats of the dining room chairs and, which, and it stains. So it, it was... Um, Though that was her life. That's how she was exposed to it. It was like hardcore, um, you know, um, physical mediumship. Uh, Jenny Wilder, who was the medium, uh, she was a trumpet medium. So she would go into trance and use trumpet and uh, bring voices through. And my mother heard that w behind a closed door. So that's how it was for her. <laughs> That sounds really interesting that it was that far into your family's history that um, you guys are actually dealing with that in your life. So it makes sense that that would naturally just come to you as a child, right? So yes. um, was there any other experiences that happened 
particularly to you when you were growing up that you can remember? Like, was you said you had an instance when you were in bed and sick, and that's really kind of what happened to launch it off. Um, did they just grow from there? Like, was it really um, hard for you to, you to accept, or was it hard for you to get used to? Or not at all. It was it was natural for me. I think I was born with it. So for me to give specific um, examples, it's like it's every day. But I will say when I was a young mother and I was in a pool doing exercises, you know, trying to get my shape back uh, with baby number two, I remember my focus was being a young mom with my children. And I heard in my head, so how is your spirituality? And I thought, oh, my goodness, I guess I've been kind of letting that go. So, you know, it's been like that my entire life. I will get these, these signposts every, every once in a while. But for me, it's normal. You know, um, I remember one time I was in the grocery store and I was picking out uh, fruit and this gentleman came up very tall in his 80s and he proceeded, I could tell by his eyes, he was unusual. He was like this wisdom that just came out of his eyes and he proceeded to tell me all these tips about the stock market and I never thought to write it down or memorize it or anything. And he says, you know, I'm in the store all the time, you know, blah, blah, blah. We talked for maybe 15 minutes. I've never seen him again. I think that he was someone special that had come to talk to me, but in human form. I've had that also with a disabled person in a food court. She came and sat with me and I looked at her and I thought, you know, here, here we go again. These old, old eyes don't pay attention to what's going on. You know, what you see, it's how you feel about this person and she proceeded to talk to me about love and how love was so important and why aren't people more loving and that kind of thing. So I've had these little snippets of information all through my life. Uh, it's normal for me. That's really interesting. I've had those types of experiences too, where you think it's a normal person, but you just sense something is off by them. And it's like, um, you're not really here, but I'll talk to you anyway. So yeah. I've had that also too. Um, actually, the building that we live in, um, we've seen my partner and I have seen this certain couple, an older couple, but they look like really not quite there. And I've only seen them twice here in the time mm -hmm. we've been here, so I know their spirit as well. So, uh, but every time I well, have seen them, I'm like, okay, there's something not quite right with these two. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I lived in a haunted house in Cape Breton. And it was haunted by Mrs. McPherson, who was the original owner of the house. And she was a ghost. She wasn't a spirit because she decided she was not leaving. She was staying here. So she would cook on her cook stove. I'd hear that, you know, I'd hear bangs and raps and whatnot. It never really frightened me. But we were tearing the house apart because it was actually, it was a turn of the century, uh, 1913 actually, home that really needed a lot of work. We got it right down to the rafters and we were just rebuilding the whole thing and she was not happy. And at two o'clock in the morning, I heard bam, bam, bam. It was like somebody was stamping their feet. I woke up, I sat up and I said, Mrs. McPherson, if you will not allow me to fix your house, it will no longer be. And she never bothered us again. You just needed to understand what was going on. So we lived with her, you know, it's her house. We were living with her. It wasn't the other way around. Very respectful. 
And that's the way it should be, I think, too. That's the way we focus here on Haunting Life when we do investigations and whatnot. Like, we are 100% respectful to, number one, the property that we're on, as well as any spirits that might be there. Because there's no point in being, like, rude or being, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word... But um, towards the spirit, right? You can't be like that. You have to be respectful, like you're being talked to a normal person. Otherwise, you're not going to interact with them at all. They're not going to want to talk to you. So, Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll be angry, and then mm -hmm. I don't want that either. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving on from there then. So now you develop your mediumship, and you de develop your psychic awareness. Um, how did you fit those two together? Did you find a hard distinguishing the difference between being a psychic and being a medium and talking to spirits? Actually, I haven't. Um, as a young child, I would get things like, mom, you really need to get bread on your way home and that kind of thing, the psychic stuff. Uh, it was Sadie that introduced the mediumship to me and it came, you know, slowly. I remember my first reading with Sadie. It was a red car it was all, it was a cartoon and I could see it in my head so clearly. I can still see it to this day. And there was snow on the, on the fenders. It almost looked like a VW bug, a beetle. And, uh, um, and it was a red car. And I said to her, it looks like you're getting a new car. Oh no, I'm not. She said, I have just gotten a new car. I had it tuned up. It's fine. And this was probably in January. Uh, fast forward to May she calls back and she's, and this is the first message I've ever given. And she's telling me, oh, no, no. Anyway, she calls me with her tail between her legs saying, I just had to get a new car. This is May. And she said, we went to the used car lot and it's red and it has snow on it. And I was like, really? Like, wow, that's amazing. So I remember that was my really, my real first message. But, you know, it's interesting. I practiced a lot with friends and family. Uh, before I would launch in, I think people go into it too quickly, and they're not—they're not really trained on on picking it up correctly. Um, they symbols and stuff like that. You, you you need time to get to know your own symbols. You can't just read a book and say, "Okay, this means that, and this means that." Therefore, because spirit uses all your memory, and those those symbols come from your memory. It's personal, so it took me time. But I would say I've been uh, working uh, for oh, probably 20 years professionally, but 40 years being trained and professional at the same time, yeah. So day-to-day um, -day then, when you work within the field, what do you do for your clients? What type of services do you provide for your clients? Well, first of all, it's only 30 minutes. I've had people actually uh, try to get two 30 minutes back to back. And I'll actually say, no, you can't do that. Uh, one reason is if they bring their questions and their photographs, we can get a lot done in 30 minutes. And I don't think that I have enough. I mean, 30, 60 minutes is just so long. I think I would just be stuffing it and it wouldn't be, you know, fair to them. There wouldn't be any value to it. So it's 30 minute sessions. They can, it can be either psychic or mediumship, their pictures and their, uh, questions they drive this session and the reason I ask for questions is it's permission for me you're asking okay I can tell you you know so I will open it up like wide open and, and get information and I'm very much about evidence it's very important to get as much evidence about the spirit person especially uh, so that they know that 
I'm speaking to their loved ones and not something or someone else. Uh, so that's how I work basically. And, and this is my office. So uh, I work from this space and um, I have limited amount of time during the week because it does take a lot of energy and I want to be able to do this for as long as I can. I mean, Sadie gave me a message on her deathbed. I mean, I was the last person to see her before she passed away. And, um, and that was within 24 hours. And I'm thinking to myself, that's quite a high bar, but you know, this is about helping others, serving others. So I want to do it for as long as I can. Um, and that's why I do it the way I do it. Yeah. That's great. So what are the most common types of questions that people and your clients come to you with for your the questions that they want answered? What's, what's the most common theme they want to have answered for them? Okay, for mediumship, are my people okay? Uh, especially if they've completed suicide. I don't say commit suicide, I say complete because in the spirit world, it's not, um, it's not a crime. So um, they want to know if they made it um, to heaven. And so we talk about that and the spirit fills me in so that it's just, you know, making people feel better. And, oh, do are they, is my dad going to be there walking me down the aisle when he's in the spirit world? And I said, oh, yes. And he's showing me, or, or did he walk? And he's showing me her wedding dress, what the church looked like, all this stuff. So it confirms the bride, to the bride that dad was there. That's the kind of mediumship that I do. Um, with um, psychic work, it's like, um, am I moving? Should I move? Uh, health. I'm not crazy on going into health because you know, I'm not a physician, I can't cure, diagnose or treat, but I can give suggestions to people to carry through with their, their health care providers, uh, finances, jobs, love life, that's a big one. So um, those are some of the things that I will touch on. But as I say, the questions um, steer the uh, session. Yeah, it just depends what people want to know, I guess, at that time. So if they have a certain um, issue that they want to deal with, like you said, medical, you can't really provide things for that. But um, I know a lot of mediums and what they tend to do is just say it's not for medical purposes, it's for entertainment only kind of thing. So you yeah. can give suggestions, but not be like, well, this is what you should do. So uh, direct and answers. What I, do, I also have a list of, you know, I have a medical intuitive that I will hmm. refer them to or oh, okay. an Akashic record reader, refer them to past life regression, mm -hmm. refer them to, I know what I can and I can't do. And I'm not going to fool anybody by thinking I can do all of it. That's not fair to them. No. Yeah. No, it's best to be honest and straightforward with what yes. you're providing, right? So yes. that's the best way to do things. Day-to-day mm -hmm. um, -day with your clients, do you find that your own abilities are being developed more and more from day to day when you deal deal with the client questions and try to provide answers for them. Uh, actually, it comes from a different source. the The client questions are a practice, but the development is with the spirit world. So um, I have this saying that I ask for accurate, recognizable, evidential, and accepted messages with a lot of clarity. So I will say, please give me. Uh, the clarity that I need to provide the help that the client's looking for. And sometimes what that means is uh, they will adjust things. 
Um, or they will suggest things like you need to drink more water. Have you thought about having a vegan diet? You know, they're never pushing anything on me, but it's more about if you want to do better, you've got to improve this so we can work better with you. Yeah. So on that, then, do you get messages from your guides, from your spirits that want to communicate through them to you? Um, do they tell you things ahead of time before your client comes in even? Like, are you aware of things before your day-to-day uh, -day clients come in? I try not to be aware ahead of time because carrying it can be exhausting. I don't even look at the photographs until the person is in front of me, my client's in front of me. And then it's like, boom, the door opens and they want to talk and this and that. And I'm thinking if I carried that for like 24 hours, even that's, it's heavy for me. So um, I keep it very contained within this, this session. Um, I'm sorry, the rest of the question, I don't think I answered the entire question. Okay, so here's something weird. <laughs> it's just started to happen. As a matter of fact, my husband, who also is a medium, uh, is a writer as well. And he writes my blogs and I talked to him about this story. I am starting to hear from clients before they even book. So this is not from the spirit world. This is telepathy, which is, I think, one of the gifts that you require for spirit, but it also works for people. I had somebody who hadn't seen me for eight years. I thought, oh, I just felt them coming through. And three weeks later, boom, they booked an appointment. A same with another couple who was like maybe six months to a year, hadn't heard from them, and they booked. And I, I told both of them, and I, I said, it was about three weeks ago, and, she, and both of them said, yeah, I was thinking about booking a session with you. So that's new uh, and improved, I think. Um, but let me just say this. Any messages I receive from myself or from my spirit guides, any messages I get for mediumship, I am directly with the spirit. I don't go through guides because I want to have a full-on experience. I've been blinded. I've had my he hearing taken away. I've had what feels like a heart attack. I've had something happen in my head and it's split second. I've even had my finger pricked, but it's split second. It's just spirit's way of saying I'm diabetic. I had a heart attack. I'm blind in one eye. I'm deaf, you know, and I want a full on experience that way. So I can give a full experience to my client with um, psychic work. I'll work with their guides, their guides, not their mother who's in spirit because she has a finite amount of information. I love you. I want you, but I want you to get married. And it might be the daughter is I have nothing. I don't want to do that. Right. So I'll go to the guides who have a higher understanding of the purpose for being here, wh where they are in their Akashic record and their contracts and stuff like that. So I, I defer to the guides, but don't kid yourself. Mom will come in. <laughs> Just have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, it's not like, um, you know, a bank queue over there. It's like every man for himself. My God, she can hear me. I need to say something. So <laughs> spirit just jumps right in. So it's interesting. <laughs> It can be. Yeah, well, they do things different for different reasons, I think. So, like you said, they have a purpose for that. So, if it's yeah. uh, mediumship, yeah, it makes sense. You want to communicate direct with spirit only because that's what you're doing. You're trying to communicate with that spirit energy. But if it's psychic work, you may want some help or some guidance to kind of help you along. So, to get the right messages out, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the psychic messages come through the guides mm -hmm. for me, yeah. Okay, so how long have you been doing this for? You said you've been into it for about 40 years. Um, yeah. 
how yeah. long do you plan on continuing doing this for? Like, is it something that you want to continue doing for the rest of your life? Or is it something that you think is going to be leading into something else? Or what do you plan to do for, for in your future? Well, um, I love this work. I feel that it helps others. So I will do it for as long as I can. Um, I have several projects on the go. Uh, there was a gentleman I read for 18 years ago, and he's working with a particular type of case. I'm not going to get into it because I only want to work with him and nobody else. So there's that. And then there's another gal, a friend of mine, uh, who wrote a couple of books on mediumship. She's looking at it from a different angle. So she and I are going to collaborate. I'm going to give her as much information as I can. I am working on a documentary from a scientific perspective with uh, mediumship, but because of the pandemic, we have not gone forward because everything's shut down with regards to grants and getting a chance to, you know, to, to uh, present it to different um, networks and stuff like that. So that's um, on hold. Uh, I just uh, published a book um, before the pandemic and uh, that's uh something about, you know, it's about my work. And as a teacher, I, I love to give people information like watch out for psychic scams. This is what you look for, that kind of thing. And uh, it was based on my 2016 Toronto Fringe Festival uh, theater play called What Your Medium. As a matter of fact, I want to show you what it looks like. So here it is. So that's my book. And you can, um, you can get a copy on my website. Um, you can order it through my website. And there are several other books there, too, if you're interested. No, that's great. Wonderful. And I know you have written some books in the past, so that's one of them. And you have a couple other ones as well. So if you want to talk about those, you can go ahead as well. Sure. So the first book I ever uh, wrote, it was actually channeled. It was done in 11 weeks on a, a boathouse on the Bronte Creek. So lots of water, really good. And uh, it's called, uh, I was um, really having a hard struggle with the title. Uh, the, the contents was great. It was translated, everything, but I couldn't get the title. So I finally, I was at the sink washing dishes and I said, okay, what is the title? And they said, it is time, knowledge from the other side. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And they said, you didn't ask. So that's how that title came for my first book. The second book was actually published through Dundurn Group, which is a, the largest Canadian um, publisher in Canada. And they actually approached me because they were looking for a project that I could supply. And they, they asked me if I would write a book. And I, I looked at my husband and I said, you're the writer. You want to do it? And he said, sure. So with one finger, because he's old school, that's how he types, uh, 45,000 words. He had it done. Uh, in three months and it was edited in another three months and then published within the year which was unheard of and it's called compassionate messenger true stories from a psychic medium so those are my babies um, they're there to um, teach and perhaps hopefully entertain a little bit i'll have to say one of the complaints about compassionate messenger is I couldn't put the book down. It was two o'clock in the morning when I finally finished it. And I thought, okay, if that's the only complaint you have about the book, I'm in. <laughs> 
yeah, that's wonderful that they got good reviews, I assume, and people are interested in learning that kind of material that is there for them to actually look up and read your books. I think I've heard of that first one before, actually. I've, I've heard that title in the past, so that's uh, pretty cool that I actually get to talk to you, too. So, um, <laughs> What else have you been up to during the pandemic, then, besides um, your work? Have you been in any other projects or just focusing on your clients wow. or...? Focusing on my clients, I have been flat out busy the whole time. I was quite surprised, actually. But I guess when, you know, things get pretty rough, that's when you, you know, turn to someone like me. Um, and uh, so I will say most of the time it's been that. I put a monthly newsletter out and I also put a monthly blog out. So that's been going. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to think what else. So I work at different churches that are online, and they're all listed on my website. Uh, if you're interested, there's Zoom sessions, uh, sorry, services, and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I've been teaching. So um, I have a mediumship class that I've had these students for going on probably 10 years. So we're like family. And uh, so we, we get together and we um, give messages to each other and we learn from each other. I also do psychic development. I had a couple of classes uh, this past term and I may be, um, I, I know I'm going to be offering two again in the fall. Um, it'll be announced in August, but uh, I may even be adding a second mediumship class. I'm not sure yet. I have to get my, you know, I listen to them and if the time is right, then they'll let me know. So I guess I have been busy. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to keep busy, especially during the slowdown and everything that everybody's been going through. But I think things like this field really picks up during that time and uh, yes. people are becoming more open and stuff like that. So yes, one thing just before I let, do let you go, sorry, um, okay. I do um, ask people this sometimes when I have the guest on. During the pandemic, uh, people are at home a lot more. They're stuck inside the same walls all the time a lot more than they have been in the past. And they may be experiencing things that they're not sure what's going on. So they might be starting to hear spirits. They might be starting to hear different things or see different things in their own home. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that's sort of leading into that kind of field, like the mediumship area, and they're not sure what's happening? What would you, what advice would you well, get to some I, person? I have had emails like that. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I respond to the person who's questioning me. However, if the question helps many, I'll actually put it on my YouTube channel. So I have about 400 clips of different questions and the answers that I give so that people will be able to just easily take a look and, and see if anything um, kind of resonates with them. But um, if they want to pursue this work, it is really a good idea to get into a development class with a teacher that has a good reputation. And, uh, and also find out through this class, you'll find out this is normal, which I think is a very important thing for people to experience. Also, I have meditation CDs. I have a couple of actually of free meditations just to kind of lessen the anxiety because of the pandemic. And that has helped people sleep better. Uh, that's on my website under books and CDs. And also um, I do have three CDs if that helps. And it's, you know, this is a time where we go inward and we learn what's most important to us. 
And meditation is a wonderful tool to do that. It is for sure. And that's what I was going to mention just before we go off, but you discovered that. So that's wonderful. Um, she does have some free meditation material on her website. So if anybody is interested, you can go directly to her website. We'll put the address up as well for you guys to go check that out. Um, but thank you so much, Carolyn, for being here today and taking your time to talk to us at Haunting Live. Uh, we really appreciate that and telling us a bit about your mediumship journey and what you've been through so far. Thank you, Trevor. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm crazy. I don't like it going on around here.